Hello and welcome to the Leadership Vision Podcast, where we share our expertise in the discovery, practice, and implementation of StrengthsFinder. For more resources about developing your strengths, the strengths of your team, or the strengths of your organization, visit us on the web at leadershipvisionconsulting.com. My name is Nathan Freeberg, and today on the podcast, you get to hear from three of our team members as I interview them about the similarities and differences in how they use their shared theme of competition. Actually, this episode really isn't about the theme of competition per se. I mean, we're not going to really be going deep down into the behaviors of competition. Rather, in my conversation today with Steph, Brian, and Logan, we'll be diving deep into the way their other themes of strength show up and impact their theme of competition. It's a fascinating conversation and shows just how unique each individual is, even when there are shared strengths present. The idea for this podcast came a few months back when Steph wrote a blog post summarizing her findings from an interview she did with Brian and Logan. In that post, she compares and contrasts the way competition shows up for each of them. I've linked to it in the show notes, and I highly suggest you go read it when you're done here. There is one sentence in that post that really got the wheels turning and formed the basis for what would become this episode today. Steph wrote that for her competition to fully engage, she needs structure. For Logan, he needs to gather information. And for Brian, well, it's all about points of connection. So today on the podcast, Steph, Brian, Logan, and I are going to be exploring what it means for Steph to need structure, for Logan to require information, and for Brian to crave connection. We're going to talk about the interconnection between themes of strength and how we're able to get the most out of them when we understand this interconnection. We know that strengths don't work alone. There's always at least two or three working together in some way, and while we start by understanding them individually, the next step to understanding is stacking them together. What you're going to hear in this episode are three very different manifestations of the same strength. Steph's need for structure comes out of her strengths of discipline and focus. Logan's information craving originates with his significance and ideation, and without Brian's connectedness and intellection, well, his competition is basically non-existent. It's a fascinating discussion, as I've said, and I hope it causes you to think deeply about the interaction between your own themes of strength. I'll pose a very simple reflection activity at the end just to get your wheels turning. So keep listening and enjoy. So let's kick this off with our president, Brian Schubert. As Steph indicated, the strength that has truly shaped how my strength of competition shows up is my strength of connectedness. I am first and foremost concerned about meaning and where I can find meaning more than I am and where I can find a victory. Now, at 51 years old, I can say this. I've done all my competition with the strength of strategic. I've done all my racing. I've had all my accomplishments. I've done the biggest races in the world. I've been nationally ranked in all these other things. I've done that already, and there's no meaning in that. That was meaningful for a point. I proved myself. I'm past my peak athletically. I don't care about that anymore. Um, That's just not where my meaning is found. So I'm doing other things competitively to find meaning. So my strength of connectedness and my strength of competition, those two definitely go together, which makes my athletic career much more selective and much more focused. My strength of strategic and my strength of competition 
is influencing how I make decisions for us as a company. I want to be able to make the best decisions or a couple of medium decisions to get at something else that's coming down the road. So the strength of strategic is certainly influencing um, the kinds of decisions I'm making and how I compete in my decisions. And I can't not mention my strength of intellection because I'm not going to be doing something in a very reactive position unless I've thought it through because in my mind, the game that we're playing as a company, the risks are so much greater that I, I can't justify making a fast decision. I have to think into it because there's so many smaller wins and losses that are attached to our decisions that some of us are aware of and some of us aren't aware of. And I feel it's my responsibility to think through that thoroughly. So competition, that strength for me is so far down the ladder as far as functionality because meaning is much more important. The right decision is much more important. And thinking things through are much more important. My strengths are connectedness, intellection, and strategic. So that's, that's how it's been balanced out. So the, the competition to fuel you into really a kind of a more excellent state is, is dependent on, like you said, connecting to some larger, larger meaning. It's not perhaps yeah. when you were younger just simply... Yeah. I'm going to beat you at that. I'm going to compete at that. It's, it's pointless unless it's connected to something that's bigger. Yeah, because when I was younger, I felt that my career was a success. And so I wasn't concerned about that. I was concerned about competing at an elite level. Now I'm competing a bunch against, against a bunch of old guys. So there's like not really any competition there anymore. So it's just a whole different thing. <laughs> Can we share Look. how we, how we see his competition? No, I think that's, a, I think that's a great idea. No, I can. I just so, I mean, in a in a blog post, as you're trying to keep it succinct, you can't say everything that you heard in the interview. So I had probably an hour long conversation with Brian about his competition. I think something that I've seen, but I've gained greater clarity on, is that in Brian's intellection, he's always thinking and processing information. There's days where he'll come into the office, and he'll he'll start asking me to do something, and I, I'm my focus is trying so hard to to land on what it is and I would say in those times it's when he's not connected like he just got back from a trip and he hasn't been able to connect to the place he hasn't had enough time with Linda or Camila but in the moments where his intellection is spinning and he's connected then he speaks out in comparative statements and so that's where I see his competition come out. We, we talk about what strengths are leading and then what strengths follow. So I almost see this chain in Brian of intellection is always spinning and humming. So intellection, but then connectedness has to land for competition to speak out in a generative way. That's good. Steph, I want to talk about you next because you, uh, you mentioned about structure. Like for your competition to fully engage, you need structure. And we were joking that for Brian and Logan, perhaps, that structure can cause you either to flourish or fail there's this sort of interesting relationship about how it i don't know maybe isn't as important or isn't as big of a a deal logan's shaking his head no but for (laughs) for steph it's like everything so in order for your competition to help lead you and guide you and you know create a sense of excellence like how does structure work and what strengths are maybe connected to that idea of structure yeah that's a great question i had a conversation with Brian before writing this blog to ask how he sees my competition. Competition is so in my head that sometimes it's difficult for me to name it in myself. So Brian helped me 
understand, which after talking to him, I completely agree with, that externally my competition and discipline pair the most often. So discipline is structure-based. I love routine. I like predictability. Even just sitting here, I have my papers in front of me in a specific order. I have my coffee to my side. She does. It's very organized (laughs) compared to the three of us. I instinctively create structure wherever it is that I go. I don't necessarily need other people around me to have that same structure, but I need it in order for me to land well. That's a a phrase that we would say. So when Brian's connectedness is, it lands, then his competition can kick in. So I need my discipline to land in order for my competition to kick in. So I don't know how to show up if I don't know what the parameters are for which to show up in. My focus just flails. It doesn't know where to land. Where to focus. Right. So, but I think that's this hybrid. It's this blend of my discipline and competition in that I need the structure and the expectations so that I know how I'm being measured. I know what my what I'm allowed to do and what I'm not allowed to do, and then how to win within that. But part of what you're talking about is um, for a lot of the time, Steph, your strength of competition is on the leading edge. But when something's new or something's flailing, like you're saying, I think your competition falls way back in, in line, and everything else has to come before that, before you know how to show up. Because if you don't understand wh- what the parameters are, your focus, that strength of focus doesn't know what to focus on, then your strength of individualization doesn't know how to show up. And if there's any sense of disruption and all that, your strength of harmony doesn't know how to like maybe connect things so that you can actually then play. I feel like when your strength of competition goes dark, it's because every other one of your strengths doesn't have an answer yet. And competition is just standing on the sidelines with the hands on his hips, like asking me in the game, but you have no idea what game you're playing yet. But it doesn't take long for you to pick that up. It doesn't take a complete structure or detail or knowledge of how you're to show up before you start playing. And that's, I think, one of the things that saves you is that you're, you want to get in the game, per se, fast. So you're willing to play with some of the unknowns now where, you know, a while back, you weren't willing to play with some of the unknowns. You're more familiar to what's going on now. We'll be right back. At Leadership Vision Consulting, we have spent 23 years helping individuals explore the depth and dimension of their personal strengths and have helped hundreds of teams build positive culture. We're excited to now announce our new online membership platform that brings together the resources, community, and motivation that you need to grow your influence and build a positive team culture. Through our courses, workshops, live Q&A sessions, and more, you'll gain the skills and confidence you need to lead effectively. And with our supportive community of like-valued leaders, you'll never feel like you're doing it alone. Visit leadershipvisionconsulting.com slash community to learn more. Well, I have a structure. I guess I, you could say I have a history. I have a structure for what leadership vision looks like, for what the foundation is, what the different... We talk about my discipline like a house with different rooms. So I know, I know what each room is for. Whereas if I don't know that, I, I'll still walk into it, but I need to start to build walls to understand how people interact and what's appropriate and what's expected. 
So I actually wonder if really my competition leads and my discipline has to follow, whereas I always thought that it was my discipline leads and my competition has to follow. Who knows? That's interesting. Do you think it's changed over time as you've gotten out of the, what is it, 16 years of education and that highly focused, disciplined, structured routine and organized high school and collegiate sports? Has that flipped at all, maybe? Competition coming before discipline, vice versa? Not necessarily, because I still have... So before in school, I had a structure that was set for me. Well, now I set a structure myself. I have the same routine every every day. I wake up at 5 a.m., I do a workout, I get ready, I come to work. There's, It's a very set routine that no one told me I had to do, but I put that in place so that I can thrive. Logan, your five themes... My five themes are command, competition, ideation, strategic, achiever. Okay. Futuristic significance are six and seven, and they very much come into this conversation. So. Okay, okay. Well, that's... So I have... Significance has been like six for me, uh, futuristic, ideation. And so on paper, you could say, oh, wow, Logan and I are like the same person. We are, we we are exactly are identical in, in how we think. <laughs> but that is very much not true. Based on what these guys have said, how does your competition engage similarly or probably a lot different based on your other themes, who you are, all that stuff. Yeah. So the significance uh, is kind of the broad brush. I make meaning out of life. Um, and especially, at least in this season of my life, that is an influence driven by intellectual inquiry. Um, and so what that means is my funnel up ideation loves to gather, gather, gather What's Funnel Up Ideation? Funnel Up Ideation. I have a conversation with Nathan. I watch a documentary. I read a book. I listen to a TED Talk. I have a conversation with Steph. And all of these experiences and and ideas create a new, succinct idea that makes a difference for the people around me, for the world in which I influence. So the idea is if you uh, picture a funnel with the big part at top, all the stuff is coming in. It's going through this funnel... Bad ideas are getting filtered out. Things are getting caught in a series of, you know, grates and filters and other stuff. And then at the very bottom, a couple just brilliant, awesome ideas are coming out. And then, boom. New ideas. That's what you're talking about. Okay. And so if I can... So the significance paints that broad structure. I highly value introducing new ideas that help to push individuals, teams, and cultures further toward their goals, their wins. Uh, but Steph and I have talked about this a lot. There is a very instinctual, it's not disciplined, it's not rigid. I know when I have an idea, a thought, a new writing, a new conversation to lead, that's a win. That can be the two minutes that I talk in staff meeting about our movement forward in business development. That can be a paper I'm writing in my grad program right now. That can be working toward a new service. There is a very, very tangible feel to, okay, this has come together. This is developed. That's the win. So my competition responds to the ideation, and then my command instantly is comfortable in the moment, and I feel like I can respond to any chaos, any swirling, any lack of structure. So it's a one, two, three, four 
response competition really leading into my ability to lead with command, which is when I'm most generative for people and teams. So is, trying to sort of summarize this, is competition a byproduct of everything else, but it still comes before that final command sort of leadership move, if you will? Yes, and I think the more abstract, the more intellectually driven my competition is, the more I'd say it's a byproduct or it's the after effect of the rest of my strengths in operation. The extroverted felt sense of Logan's strength of competition, that's the byproduct. Um, His strength of competition is comparing all the stuff that, that he was talking about. But you won't necessarily see it, feel it, hear it, or watch it uh, until Logan has decided that it's going to be extroverted now. It's a very patient strength of competition in its extroverted form. You wouldn't necessarily know it most of the time. It's like the if you picture the funnel with the bigger side up, it's almost like a cap on the bottom of it before an idea is released, but it sits on either oh, side. Oh, that is a good additional... Good. Because it's comparing all the ideas, so it's in the upper part of the funnel, but then in order, it has to be a quote-unquote win of a thought in order for that cap to be released and then your command to speak it out. So it sits on like either side of the end of the funnel is how I picture it. Logan, do you agree with that? I do. Let me give a real... I, I feel like this is still a little ab- abstract, so a really quick analogy. <laughs> the whole I'm, idea of strength is right? abstract, yeah. but this is good. I'm in a grad program right now. There are two types of paper. I just finished a round of final papers. There are two types of papers that I'm asked to write. One is like a recap of everything that I learned throughout the year, and generally they give you... Or throughout the course, they give you a rigid structure, meet this requirement, s- state out these were the learning objectives that you experienced. I hate those papers because I am not coming up with a new idea. The other side, just a pure research paper, 30 pages on something new where I can take in to affect these 30 sources, these conversations, and give you something new. I crush those papers and I'm energized by them. But if you just give me a structure and say, repeat what someone else said, I can't win at that because it is not leveraging my ideation to give something generative to the world. So, I only want the I only want the paper that has the structure. If you don't give me the structure, I'll ask a million questions until I get a structure. So it's great That's, that yeah. Steph and I work together constantly because so, we never bicker about any of this. <laughs> See, this is good. We're doing this then a little family <laughs> therapy. So book re- book reviews you hate hate I do too. I think I've never thought about it this way, but I think my ideation is the same. Way just sort of regurgitating, summarizing, reviewing. I'm like, ah, boring. I don't even know how to summarize because there's too many ideas exactly. to just regurgitate back. That's fascinating. And I'm and when shaking people are, her head, no, she doesn't agree. I just had a professor ask me to write 20 quotes um, and their direct application into my life was one of my reading reviews in this last quarter. Yeah. I hated that so much. Because I don't apply anything directly into my life. It swirls, it attaches to something else, and it becomes something new and personalized for a win. It's not this guy 50 years ago said this, and I'm just going to do what he did. And this is how it applies now. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, that's interesting. Let me ask you a question about your ideation. Do you ever flip the funnel? Are you able to take one idea and spit out a thousand? Or are you mostly the take in a bunch of ideas and come up with one 
Yeah, I can do both. I guess brainstorming I, I feel, is how I that think would be I'm, called. I'm personally given more life in the way that I described, but I do think I'm able to operate, if given the space, in that funnel upside down. Another way to think of it is kind of like the DeLorean from Back to the Future in that it takes in garbage as fuel. So not that ideas are garbage, but you just, all the stuff. Is everyone just, else's ideas everyone are else, garbage. Yeah, yeah. Just, but it's just taking in all this stuff, right? You just shove all this stuff into the fuel tank and then it spits out this refined, what I assume is some sort of super time travel fuel that's very efficient, very refined, very excellent for what it's what it's doing. But, I have a confession. I've never seen that movie. Dang well, it, it came out in 1989 and you were born in 1992. That's true. So I'm just... It's one of the most important cultural ar- artifacts of I a agree. generation. The DeLorean or the movie? All of it. All of the above. All of it. wants to gather that information. My focus says it's not important. Uh, you could but not... your focus is wrong. That's the problem. <laughs> your discipline focus competition could not own a DeLorean because you couldn't keep it clean enough. That's true. It's stainless steel. Everything that touches it smudges it, and you'd be spending all of your time cleaning and not ever driving. So you wouldn't appreciate it. And the doors open funny. They're hard to get into. Yeah. And the back seat's really cramped. Unless you lay down on the backpack. But. like a small child. If you get it up to 88 miles an hour, which you don't know what that means, you can go back in time or in the future. Or the future. Well, guys, thanks for this very enlightening talk for me. I'm just wondering if there's any sort of final thoughts on either similarities that you guys have seen, some. Just for a fun snippet, if you want to include it anywhere, I I would just say there are five people that are most often in our office in Minneapolis and of the five of us three of us have competition so Sarah and Carrie are the only two that are most often here that don't have it and there are so many funny moments where Carrie and Sarah will all be at the table and they are looking at each other as Logan, Brian, and I, or just two of us, are having a competition moment as we're either comparing something or talking about whether or not we're winning. And Carrie and Sarah just look at each other and shake their heads. And it's funny because they're actually both married to someone who has competition. So Sarah's husband and Carrie's husband both have competition. So they see it, but they just laugh because... We just can't help ourselves <laughs> that we're always comparing. Even as even as we were filling out, we were walking through one of these blogs and highlighting the things that we agreed with. Logan and I were talking the whole time. Oh, did you resonate with that? Well, why didn't you? Well, I did. And we we're just constantly comparing. So it's just a funny piece of our culture. I love it. I, I love it so much. If you're interested in figuring out how your strengths work together, well, it's not that hard. I mean, okay, it's it's hard, but, well, here's a simple activity. First, you really do need some basic understanding of how they work individually. Once you feel that you've got a firm grasp on the definitions and behaviors for each of your five themes, well, then you can venture into looking into them in combination. So try this simple activity. Think about a recent decision you made or a project you completed, or even some sort of relational interaction that really stands out. Next, just start identifying behaviors that you can connect to each of your themes. Think about the big ideas, like how did you communicate? What led to that decision being made? How did you engage with that person? Try to think about your motivations surrounding that situation. If you need a refresher or a little bit of help, 
Go to our 34 themes page, there's a link in the show notes, and read over the descriptions for each of those themes. Or just find your original theme packet and reread them. You can highlight things that stand out, you know, that whole activity that I've also linked to in the show notes. That should give you some ideas about what to look for. And of course, you can always reach out to us. We're happy to help. Thank you for listening to the Leadership Vision Podcast, sharing our expertise in the discovery, practice, and implementation of StrengthsFinder. Subscribe to the Leadership Vision Podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. For more resources about developing your strengths, the strengths of your team, or the strengths of your organization, visit us on the web at leadershipvisionconsulting.com. I'm Nathan Freeberg. Thanks for listening.